Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. Competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take all the fun? Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. We take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Motherfuckers, it's motherfucking beer with Buffy! I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today we're reviewing Season 3, Episode 15 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Its title is Consequences, as Joyce likes to completely berate Buffy of ever so often. There are consequences to her actions. We even made a sound bit out of it. Did we? We did. Well, Reggie did. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Sure. Shit, we didn't even think about Fred's messages. Oh, well. (laughs) Not happening today. Sorry, Fred. (laughs) (laughs) Better luck next time. You've lost Fred's roulette. (laughs) Dude, he has messaged me like three or four times now of whether or not we've heard those messages but i have sworn i refuse to listen to them before we actually record it boy that's interesting anything interesting going on in your life rex lots of interesting things oh. i got a car weird how did that happen through the generosity of a good friend were you panhandling and somebody tossed their keys in instead of change no I was, it was just a gift so yes no, it was not. I didn't even ask for it. This was something she cooked up all on her own as a generous thing to help me out. Okay. Yeah. Semantics. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Fuck you and your semantics. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I had a horse whinny joke that I was going to do. I think it was really just because I was playing Breath of the Wild right before we started this. And I just got the downloadable content of the horse bridle and saddle that like teleports the horse to you. See, any anytime anybody says horse Winnie or Winnie in any sort of <laughs> context like that, <laughs> all I can think of is the, the line from Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Because it opens up with him laughing. And the, li- the line goes, something, 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 or he'll make no, you his mare. No, well before that. Hey, Not that's relevant because, you know, the mayor. Yeah. And but <laughs> wrong word. It sounded like. No, the line. Buffy's going to make you her mayor. God damn it. Just let me fucking get through this line. I don't want to. Why? Because it's more entertaining <laughs> that way. He laughs. I can't duplicate the laugh, so I'm not going to bother trying. <laughs> no, it's a. F- that's more of a Scooby laugh. No, Dr. Horrible does his evil laugh. Yeah. And in the... Vi- <laughs> yes. The bad evil laugh? I thought you meant the... I thought you meant Bad Horse did an evil oh, laugh. Oh, god damn it. Let me get through the fucking line and I'll explain it to you, you asshole. Well, fucking say it already. He does his laugh. The very first fucking thing that opens with him laughing. He says, oh, so, you know, that's coming along. I've been working with a vocal coach, really strengthening the, ah, 
a lot of guys forget about the laugh, and that's just about standards. Do you think Bad Horse didn't work on his Winnie? His evil, terrible, death Winnie? <laughs> it probably sounded something like that, yeah. Yeah, that one. But there, there's the fucking line. Now we can move the fuck on. Like you guys. <laughs> Scoob's totally turned evil. <laughs> Holy shit, that totally fits in the theme of the today's episode. It does. Like you guys. I brought it full circle, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, there you go. Go me. How about a mom synopsis? Joshua, I downloaded this Podbean app. Oh, God! Why did you download Podbean? <laughs> well, there's there's podcasts on it, right? I wouldn't know. Why, why are you asking me that? That's not the information I would have as a person at all. You're acting very strange right now, Joshua. It's almost as if you're guilty of something like... Making fun of your mother every single week for an entire year straight on a podcast. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so tell me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you little asshole. What? You heard me. I don't suppose there's somebody as evil as you are on the show. So the, uh, so the evil, evil mayor, no, he's, he's not a female horse. Uh, he's just a dude who happens to be the mayor. <laughs> of Sunnydale. I'm glad I'm working that in. We're working in a goddamn horse laugh to this episode, and you're going to fucking like it, everybody. Especially you, Mom. I like horses. They're very pretty. I don't know why you think that's so funny, Rex, but okay. So what's the deal with Faith? Has she just gone completely black hat? What's going on? I mean... She's she's kind of acting out. I mean, if you remember last episode, she killed Alan, who uh, he was the deputy mayor. I thought he was just like the mayor's assistant, but they established this episode if they hadn't before. Now we know he is definitely the deputy mayor and the mayor now knows that he's dead. They found his body. Buffy's having bad dreams about it and it's it's all over the news. Faith does not want to go to Giles about it, but Buffy really does want to go to Giles about it. And so Faith jumps the gun and pulls some really shit-tastic moves and tries to betray Buffy to save her own ass. But Giles is too smart for that shit. Angel is just everywhere this episode. He sees everything and knows all. I swear to God. <laughs> He's fucking omnipotent. <laughs> and so he helps out a lot and he kidnaps Faith but then Wesley fucks everything up and he's trying to send her off to watch her jail in England And but he fucks that up real quick because he's an idiot and uh, you know Faith is a badass yeah that's pretty much it if, if you want more details than that that's the best synopsis I can give you without ruining too many things all at one time are you going to make more horse noises I'm a little offended by that <laughs> <laughs> That one was weird. <laughs> Are you done? Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Ooh, Cold open to Buffy drowning in the water. 
We're moving on now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So cold open to what now? Buffy drowning in the water. Buffy has issues with that. Yeah. She really does. I mean, she did get drowned last episode as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And, I, you know, I think that's part of it. Yeah. And also, Faith totally said that she... Dumped his body She in the dumped river. his body in a body of water yep. somewhere. They found it awful quick. Yeah. Yeah. They found it the very next fucking day. Because Buffy wakes up from this nightmare being held underwater by... Alan. Alan. Pretty sure it was Alan. Yeah. I didn't realize that at first. I didn't either. Um, but as she like pull, manages to get away from Alan and come out of the water, Faith is standing above her and just pushes her back under the water. Yeah. And then she wakes up. Problematic at best. Uh, wakes up, goes out into the living room to see her mom watching the news in the middle of the fucking night. <laughs> right. God damn it, Joyce, go the fuck to bed. <laughs> no, she's watching the news and... They're fishing out Alan's body. So I had to look up Alan's name here because his name is Alan Finch. F-I-N-C-H. Okay. But the way the newscaster says it, it sounds like fish. And I was thinking that it was Uh really fucking hilarious that they were pulling the body of Alan Fish out of the water. Right. And I'm really sad to see that that is not his name. Right. That's just his destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go back to your home, Alan. <laughs> Are you too good for your home? God. Faith was just trying to get you to where you belong. Yeah. Like, you know, she sounds all, you know, bristly and mean, but she's really got your best interest in mind. Yep. Just like all politicians yes. ever. <laughs> They're all here to help us, folks. Mm-hmm. They want to only do good. Yeah. I knew that. Didn't you know that? Yep. Why are we even having this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dun-dun-dun, they found the body. Buffy looks like she may or may not have just pooed herself. <laughs> and Joyce is like, gosh, it's just awful. And she may as well have said, mm, thoughts and prayers go out to them. Right. Because that's Joyce. Yeah. If she's not there being personally afflicted by it. Thoughts and prayers. KK, goodbye now. Yep. So we go to the library. Uh huh. Where Wesley wants Buffy and Faith to investigate the the <laughs> murder. <laughs> Wesley's all like, "Now see here, all you scallywags and shwipper snappers, <laughs> I demand results, and I mean to see those results turned into solid, hard, pure, new hard results, and I mean you, Buffy. You hear now?" <laughs> you hear me, Buffy? And Faith, you'll do as I say now. That's actually a pretty fucking decent impression of Wesley. <laughs> I thought so. Like, it may not necessarily capture his voice, but it definitely captures his character. The essence of Wesley. <laughs> Buffy has a very good point. It's like, uh, if this was a person killed by a person, it's kind of out of our jurisdiction. And Giles agrees with her. He does. But no. I'm the watcher, says Wesley. You listen to me. Wesley trying to throw his weight around as watcher is like watching him tickle someone with a feather. Right? Yeah. My favorite part, I'm going to throw this feather at you. It's going to hurt now. (laughs) It's going to hurt quite a lot. You're going to feel a little prick. 
holy shit, this is is where my brain just went. The way you said that made me think of the stepdad in Liar Liar trying to do the claw. (laughs) It's It's the the claw. claw. It's going to get you. It's coming to get you. It's going to get you. It's going to get you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But Giles even says to him, I I didn't write down his Ironically, he's also that actor's mostly known for playing Wesley in The Princess Bride. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if that's why my brain went that way. No, I don't think it was. Uh, who knows? Hmm. I have a weird brain. Weird. Giles even kind of harangues Wesley a little bit because he says something along the lines of, oh, just look at how your last outing went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you're a fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I just thought I'd rub it in a bit. You see this poo on the floor? Stick your nose in it. If you don't, I'll do it for you. Yeah, I'm going to stop quoting characters altogether. Right. And I'm just going to make up a silly <laughs> voice for them. <laughs> uh, in comes Cordy saying, oh, don't let me interrupt. But wait, let me interrupt. I need help. I need a book. <laughs> so her first line is, oh, well, after the book line, she says, check out Giles, the next generation. This inspired me, Rex. Oh. So I wrote a new opening for if they were to make a TV show a la Star Trek The Next Generation, but it were called Giles The Next Generation. Okay. So I'm just going to have to, I'm going to have to cue up some Star Trek music over this. Okay. Later while I'm editing as I'm reading this. And, uh, you know, just imagine a very Picard style voice saying this instead of. Um, instead of my cartoonish <laughs> voice. <laughs> and uh, Sunnydale, the mid-range frontier. These are the excursions <laughs> of the incompetent Ninny. His continuing mission to undermine the obvious solutions to haughtily strut about like a complete git. <laughs> to boldly go and hide where no one has hidden before. (laughs) My favorite part is I just fucking love the word git. (laughs) Right? It's a good one. (laughs) Well, fucking the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. The one, the, the alien that can't die, that lives forever, and his goal is to insult every living being that ever happened. Yes. And the one that he gives the first time to Arthur... It's something, something, something. You're a complete git. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like not a very good insult. No. But it's not the insult that's insulting. It's his efforts to insult everybody that's insulting. Yeah. And I love it. And I think that's part of the reason I also enjoy the word git. The more you know. I'm doing my own sound effects. Is that your your sound effect for a rainbow? Yes. That... That's not a rainbow. Yeah, it sounds like a horny cat. I know. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why a horny cat can't be represented by a (laughs) rainbow. Can I get an amen from the gay community, please? (laughs) Jesus. Anybody. Hello? Are you out there? I know you're listening. You're probably (laughs) listening to Slayer Fest 98. That's okay. They need your patronage as well. But then, you know, come back and listen to us some more, please. Oh, please, please don't go. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> Every now and then, more horse, more horse noises. All the horse Every noises. Every now and then, I have to <laughs> hope that people realize that I'm not purposely your friend. <laughs> yeah, it's just because there's nobody else. We're trapped in gridlock. It's like that episode of the fucking Doctor Who where there's this whole community of people just in permanent traffic and we're just stuck in the same car together. We we have officially talked more about other shows than this show today. Cool. <laughs> I just love the family circus. That 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 EJ was telling me. Cordy comes in. So Wesley immediately clearly wants to ban Cordelia. Yeah. And while that's technically a pedophilic desire, we all know that these children are not children. Right. And they are meant to be sexually desired by design of the writers and the uh, the filmographers, the costumers, everybody. That being said, you know, let's let's not overly sexualize them right. real quick and I get mean, and get back to how big of a douche Wesley is. To be fair though, Cordy is wearing a very adult female teacher sort of outfit she looks like, like she's, she's 35 just she's, in her face she's doing a very business casual outfit she's a very professional mature looking girl yeah charisma carpenter is definitely in her early 20s by now anyway yeah my favorite couple of lines here after cordy is like oh giles 2.0 or the new giles or whatnot giles um, the next generation yeah, giles the next generation <laughs> Um, Wesley's trying to like give her a line as to what the fuck his purpose of being there is and Faith and Buffy are just like new watcher and he goes what does everyone know <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> have you no clue what this whole undercover thing is and Buffy's like oh she's a friend and Cordy's response is let's not exaggerate <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just like that. Yeah, very brief amount of time that Cordelia spends in this episode, but it was very enjoyable Yeah, regardless. She leaves and Wesley's like, well, she was cheeky. <laughs> oh my, she's very cheeky, isn't she? Cheeky girl. <laughs> Did you write down what Faith said? So, yes. First word jail, second word bait. And yeah, so she pretty much summed it all up right there. Like, we really didn't even need to talk about right. this at all, because Faith said it all right yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Wesley's all like, now see here, I'm your commander-in-chief, and blah 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 derp derp You shall investigate this murder, and now go forth hence, and do as I say now, you hear? Yep. Etc. Etc. Cut to a classroom. What happens in this classroom, Rex? In this classroom, Buffy and Faith are discussing the situation around the body. And Buffy doesn't want to investigate a murder she already knows the fucking answer to. Faith thinks they should blow it off. Yeah, I definitely was wondering, what's the angle that Faith wants to take on this? Because she's all like, yeah, I'll investigate that shit. Like, okay, sure. That gives her the ability to control... The outcome, at least a little bit, yeah. or at least in Wesley's eyes. Right. Which, but, for some reason, turns out fucking matters. <laughs> right? I guess. Like, 
the council actually has some weight to throw around in this situation. Insofar as he's, uh, you know, willing to tattle on her immediately. Well, yeah. And get her arrested over it but he's still just trying to help now see but while buffy wants to come clean specifically to giles faith basically threatens her because oh buffy's in on this too yeah she pulls a another one of those real dick moves that she's been full of the last couple episodes yeah like when she strong arms buffy into jumping into the sewers after the illuminati and now this She's like, hey, you're just as guilty as I am. Huh? Huh? You're gonna... I'll, I'll fucking take you down with me. You're gonna die. I'm a little annoyed that Buffy is even remotely susceptible to this bullshit. I know, right? She seems so much stronger of character than she has been the last couple episodes. I mean... You're saying, she, in, in general, she's much stronger of character. Well, I think she's... She's blindsided by Faith because she's been spending this whole season becoming really good friends with Faith. And they've established many times that they're getting along really well and they're in sync. They're becoming a fantastic team. And now all of a sudden, Faith's using that against her. And Buffy's just a good person. Oh, yeah, because the way you just explained it that way. Yup. Well, that sounds like my last major relationship. Fuck me. Yeah, it's really easy (laughs) to take advantage of people that have been lulled into a sense of false security. Yeah. And that's what Faith is doing to Buffy. And she is that... It's emotionally abusive. She's that exact right level of manipulative. It would seem so. Dude, you just outrageously altered my entire fucking perception of the character in this situation. I'm kind of sorry. No, no, it's better. But not. It's better. (laughs) But Faith leaves. Buffy leaves, goes to the hallway, approaches Willow. Willow seems very kind of... Well, it's awkward because the last time that Buffy and Willow saw each other was when they were sitting on Buffy's bed and Buffy was like, eh, me and Faith are going to go kill some stuff and you can't come because it's dangerous. And Buffy, okay, Buff- I had forgotten that that was the last time they had seen each other. That makes this make a lot more sense. To yeah, me. I actually went back and watched that scene real quick just to make sure that that went down how I thought it did, and it did. But an added note: Buffy didn't actually take the protection spell that Willow made for her. She oh l- shit! I didn't she notice left, that. She left Willow sitting there by herself. And didn't even take the gift. And as she walks out with Faith, Willow sits there and says to herself, stupid. And she throws the protection spell down on the on the bed. And it was really fucking How sad. Did I fucking miss no, that. We, we both totally missed that last episode. And I'm glad I went back to watch that scene. Cause no, Damn. Yeah, Willow's in a super bad way right now because um, she, yeah. she feels like what she did for Buffy was... A, completely unappreciated, and B, like she thinks she was stupid for trying. And that's way too harsh on herself. Yeah. But also, damn, Buffy got some splaining to do. Yeah, seriously. So the scene ends. Oh, uh, right. We didn't finish. Willow ducks out really quick. Yep. Like they start to talk at the same time, and Buffy's like, no, you go first. And she's like, well, I have to go meet up with. Michael, because we're still trying to de-rat Amy. I love that they keep mentioning that ever so briefly. Yeah. And I can't wait for that to come to fruition later. Because I can't remember at all how it comes to fruition. I don't either, But I know it has to at some point. From there, we go to the scene of the crime. 
Yeah. Apparently, some people fucking witnessed some shit. Angel is lurking. Like you said in your mom synopsis, Angel has his lurking to level 11. He does. It's so, turned all the way to 11. So Angel's being a big old lurky boy and hanging <laughs> out. And nobody even questions, the, you know, they had to have seen him on this crime scene. Right, like, he got through the fucking, like, outer perimeter and shit, and, like, he's, he's like, maybe ten feet away. But if he were a and d character, let's be honest, his sneak ability would be fucking maxed out. He's a sneaker. Yeah. He's a sneakity snake. But if I sneak his ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> he sees the blood. Yeah. And then there, he has a little bit of a flashback. He remembers seeing Buffy... And there was blood on her hands yep. when he ran into her near the scene of the crime that the night before or a week yeah, before or the whenever. The night before. The night before. So I bet he can smell that it's the same fucking blood. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. So he fucking knows. Yeah, he does. That's why That's why I think the that flashback comes up is because he knows that it's the same fucking blood. That makes good sense. Yeah, he would definitely know the difference between a dead human's blood. Oh yeah, and any other kind of blood. Yeah, exactly. I, guess. I think that the entire reason he's even at this fucking crime scene was he was following the trail himself. He smelled the blood on Buffy, and then he just followed up from there. Yeah, that tracks. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you guys are late. Cut to the mayor's office, and the mayor is shredding paper, and he is not having fun at it, goddammit. He is not getting his yayas from shredding paper. No. Which is really too bad. Yeah. That's... It is a really satisfying activity. He's such an adorably simple man, other than, you know, the fact that he has evil machinations yeah. of, you know, some sort of evil political agenda or personal agenda and using his political agenda to carry it out. I don't know. But <laughs> I find it very endearing. It is. But uh, a point gets brought up here that I didn't even fucking remotely consider. There was a lot of a paper trail that Alan left about the mayor's goings on. Okay. And what this brings up is a new angle on why the fuck Alan was out there in the first place last episode. And it is postulated in this episode that he was out there to turn the mayor in to the Slayers. And I actually brought up that theory last episode. I was like, I wonder if he was going to them for help. Yeah, and that is fascinating because he seemed like the kind you know he's terrified of the mayor oh yeah he knows some shit's going on he's working with fucking vampires he's got liquor skulls in a cabinet uh, and he makes me wash my hands way too much (laughs) yeah you it's not good to wash your hands that much it's not it's a you'll get dry cracked skin yeah it's bad for your immune system well i mean the problem with most public bathroom soap A, it's super cheap. B, it's antibacterial. Actually, it can't be anymore. Oh, good. They have uh, outlawed antibacterial soap. Good, because we're all going to fucking die of crazy, crazy infections because we're all getting slowly, slowly immune to antibacterial anything. Yep. Just throwing that out there. Look it up. I'm not even fucking with you. 
Nope, it's fucking true. Because antibacterial soap only kills 99.9% of fucking bacteria. And that fucking 0.1% fucking lives and reproduces and is immune to the fucking shit. Yeah, so, you know, when you buy that bottle from the fucking, from the store, and you're like, oh, look, honey, it kills 99.9% of bacteria. And you could just go ahead and think that because it was on the front of the damn bottle, that that makes it a great selling point. What else do we have for them today, Rex? Superbugs that can't be beaten by antibiotics. <laughs> Cockroaches <laughs> that live way longer than us. That's crazy. Not, not How much those kind that- of bugs. What? Not those kind of bugs. Oh. Why not? Bugs as in like viruses and, and shit. And oh, well, cockroaches that too. that makes you sick. Cockroaches actually have less germs in them than the average human mouth. They do. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So next time you want to eat a cockroach, go ahead and have as many as you want. You deserve it. I've had cockroach before. Yeah? You make me sick. I mean, it was cooked. Oh, well, that's better. <laughs> God, that's disgusting. <laughs> you know what's really good? Roasted ants. Even your cat is judging you right now. Have you seen my cat? He's always judging Granted, me. Granted, <laughs> that is the same look that is always on his face. Yeah. But it's very useful when I want help judging you. So uh, I had a suggestion for the mayor. You know, he's he's not having as much fun shredding his papers yeah. as he wanted to. I think he should try some linoleum. <laughs> we should give him Xander's number. You know that man has a lot of linoleum just stashed away. Who, Xander? Yeah. Yeah. These two could be best fucking friends. They need to hang out, find Xander's best linoleum spot. They could never be best friends because the mayor knows how to wear shirts and suits and whatnot that are his size. That aren't eight times too big for him sure anyway anyway (laughs) when he's talking about shredding paper he mentions how alan might have been wanting to betray him and my favorite part is he says and he's dead so i can't scold him about it (laughs) (laughs) i missed that that's amazing but uh mr trick presents to him that the autopsy is done, and he was killed by a wooden object stabbed through the heart. And word on the street is that the Slayers were spotted not a block from the crime scene Yep, you know, around the time of the murder or the time of death or whatever. So, And this cheers the mayor up. And his closing line on the scene is, So a Slayer up for murder one. That's sunshine and roses to me. It really is. And ding... Yet another line from our opening music. And then we go to, I thought was the mayor's office, but it's not the mayor's office. It's Alan's office. This time it's Alan's office. Not too far from the mayor's office, turns out. Where Buffy and Faith are breaking in. Sneakily, sneakily, sneaking in. Not really very well, though. They're kind of being obvious about it. They even turn the fucking lights on and everything. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't. Uh, just don't think too hard about that. Faith is doing a fuck ton of unhealthy rationalization here. She really is. <laughs> so one of her lines that I got is, uh, looks like we did the world a favor. This guy's as interesting as watching paint dry. And I'm like, man, that's pretty shitty to say about somebody you just murdered and have no evidence against them being guilty of anything. Right. Yet. 
And then they immediately discover evidence that he might be guilty of something because Faith accuses Buffy of trying to find some sort of conspiracy in the situation. Buffy finds a conspiracy in the situation because all the fucking files in Alan's filing cabinets are gone. Where could they have possibly gone? Maybe they're being shredded right next door. Unjoyously. Yeah. So sad. (laughs) But, you know, we actually see one brief glimmering moment of remorse in faith in this scene yep and it's the only thing that leads me to believe this whole episode that there's any hope left for faith after this episode um because she sees this picture of alan and he's so happy and he's with he's having his picture taken with the mayor and she just mutters to herself he came out of nowhere and buffy's like i know but then immediately the walls go right back up. She's like, yeah, whatever. I'm not looking to hug and cry and learn and grow. I don't know why she became British all of a sudden. She's like, I'm just saying it happened quick, you know? Anyway, then they leave the office together. Yep. Um, and Faith is kind of starting to understand that maybe there's some sort of conspiracy going on. As well as Buffy, because the papers are missing. And just moment, not even a moment after they step out of the office... Mr. Trick and the mayor exit the mayor's office and they manage to go back inside Alan's office and close the door without being spotted by mayor and Mr. Trick. Even though that door closed and it made a hell of a loud click. Yep. I don't think there's any way nobody... I'd have heard that a block away. And Mr. Trick is a fucking vampire. He should have heightened senses. Exactly. But we don't think about that. Don't think too hard about that. But this is when... Buffy and Faith figure out that the mayor is up to no good. No good? Yeah. The no mayor? Good. He's evil. Is he going to make the bad horse gleeful? Or he'll make you his mayor. <laughs> no, he's evil. <laughs> and he would actually like a pleasant garden path. But beyond that evil? Yeah. Yeah, he would. Yeah. Sunshine and roses, god damn it. Yeah. Wow. Think he can take me? Beer with Buffy would like to announce a t-shirt contest till August 31st, midnight, Eastern Time. If you submitted an iTunes review, take a screenshot of you submitting the iTunes review and email that screenshot to us, you'll be entered in a drawing for the t-shirt. Full contest rules will be on our Patreon. Like you guys! It's totally a contest! Uh, cut to the street outside. Buffy and Faith walking. And they start to argue. Buffy says Faith is covering up her feelings. Faith is callous towards Buffy about the whole thing. That's about the gist of the argument. Pretty much. Yeah, Buffy wants to tell Giles and Faith is not having it. And it's it's almost certainly the better call, at least within the confines of the storyline of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because Giles will fucking know what to do. And he certainly damn well does. Oh, yeah. However, so Faith thinks they're better than everybody else and should be able to do whatever they want. Because they've saved so many more lives than they've taken, which I believe that argument has some merit. I mean, uh, yeah, but that that is not how the math works out. I know. But hey, did you forgive Jamie Lannister by the end of Game of Thrones? No. Okay, yeah. I mean, 
Neither did I. <laughs> that guy was that guy was a piece of work, right? <laughs> There's not a single fucking character in that entire goddamn show that was a good person. There's not an innocent motherfucker on that in that show. Nope. You're, you're right. Um, I think even well, okay, we're not talking about Game of Thrones right yeah. now. Anyway, so I want to say in real life, the only way two people can keep a secret is if one of them's dead. Yeah. So regardless of Fate's callousness. She's kind of got the right idea here. Like, there's no way the police are going to be like, oh, but you're a slayer and he was probably doing some evil dealings. Right. Well, I guess we'll let you go. Yeah. Cut to Buffy's house. I find it fucking miraculous that the cops narrowed it down this fucking fast. I think the mayor and Mr. Trick leaked it to the cops because their powers of de- okay, their yeah. powers of deduction are far higher than any of these policemen. And Mr. Trick does already know who the slayers are. Yes. And the mayor. They've I, known for quite some time. They've known for like the whole season. Has the mayor known? Well, the mayor Yeah, knew well because he's better. been in cahoots with Snyder for years. Yeah, true. And he's been keeping his eye on Buffy and the mayor's just biding his time. But Okay. But this whole scene here is I think done really fucking well. I love this kind of, I love any scene where a cop is questioning two different people and they intercut them. Yeah. So the cops only ever asking the question one time when we get to see their answers simultaneously. Right. Yeah, that was nice. It's a tactic I fucking love. It was, it was very well done. Mr. Mustache definitely did his job like he was born to do. Excuse me. I mustache you a question. And he did. Yeah, he he twice. He asked some very important questions. Very important questions. And luckily for everybody else, Mr. Lurky Broody Boy was stalking his way brutally out of the shadows, brooding at Mr. Mustache so hard that I'm not entirely certain how the processor of my computer was able to not blow out the entire city grid. <laughs> this was some of the broodiest goddamn brooding without lines. The angel has ever done. With barely any screen time, too. Just like, you get one facial expression off him, and it is epic level fuck. He's got his broodingness (laughs) turned to 12. It was concentrated dark matter brooding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, what's what's the little monster's name that poops dark matter in Futurama? Oh, fuck, I don't remember. I want to say normal, but it's, it's not normal. He makes those noises. Nibbler or something like that. It starts with a nibbler. Nibbler. Yes. yes. Nibbler. He brewed so hard he could come out of Nibbler's ass. Nibbler pooped <laughs> Angel's mood. Oh, God. In this episode, right here, right now. Um, I have an important question here, though, with this scene of the cop uh, questioning Faith. How important is it, Rex? Fairly important, considering... Isn't Faith only 17? Are you saying they couldn't try her as an adult? No, she's a fucking minor. Cops can't question a minor (gasps) without a parent present. Oh. Like, okay, maybe she's emancipated, but I fucking actually doubt that. She'd probably be, like, just a runaway or something. Yeah, she's probably not legally emancipated. She's probably a runaway. The cops would fucking take her in and ship her off back to her fucking parents. Interesting. I don't know, maybe she turned 18 and they didn't cover that. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, good attention to detail, Rex. Cut to Willow's room. Originally, I thought it would be Angel knocking on Willow's window because we cut from Angel to Willow's room. 
Okay. And I was I was expecting it to be Angel being like, Willow, there's a problem. <laughs> Willow, I need you to tell Buffy that there's a problem. <laughs> but I didn't even notice that Buffy that that there was a knock on Willow's window at all. So yeah, there was okay. a knock on Willow's window. Buffy shows up to talk to Willow. They both need to talk about things and Willow's worried about letting shit fester. And yeah. she she lays out everything that's going on with her and talking. Buffy immediately starts crying, just breaks down. Willow's response is fucking priceless. Oh, good. Did you get her quote here? Because I forgot I, how good that was. I didn't get the quote. So she says, oh, Buffy, don't cry. I'm sorry. I, I was too hard on you. Sometimes I unleash. I I don't know my own strength. It's bad. I'm bad. I'm a bad, bad. I'm a bad person. Yeah. So. Oh, Willow, I fucking love you. Yeah, you you're too adorable, easy. adorable little woman. Too easy. Anyway, so Buffy's like Willow. I'm in trouble, and they cut away yep. to. Buffy presumably telling Willow fucking everything. And Willow says what Buffy has already been thinking, that they need to go talk to Giles. Gots to go to the Giles. So cut to the library where Buffy goes to talk to Giles. Yeah. And surprisingly, this doesn't really go very well until it starts to go actually pretty well. I saw the twist in this scene coming. I kind of did too. They almost got me. Exactly. They almost got me. For lack of a better way to put it, I had too much faith in Giles as a person. No pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, so he, Giles is playing the player. He's like, Buffy, no more lies, Buffy. Now you get into my office where I can whip you verily. Or some shit. Yeah, that's, and that's about... Faith buys it, and she's she wanders off, and she's like... I'm so sorry, Buffy, uh, or whatever she said. I don't yep. fucking know. It doesn't matter. She totally fucking pulls some backhanded bullshit telling Giles that Buffy killed the guy. Yeah, we didn't even explain that. If uh, Buffy you, starts to talk about what happened, and just as she's talking about what happens, Faith walks out of Giles's office. Yeah. And it's revealed that Faith has come to Giles and... St- told Giles everything except that it was Buffy that killed the dude and not her that killed the dude. Yeah. And so Giles plays it off really well. He's like, no more lies, Buffy. Get into my office. As soon as they're into the office, Buffy's like, oh, you got Giles, you got to believe me. He's like, of course I believe you. Obviously it wasn't you, Buffy. Yeah. But he's like, no, we, we need her to continue thinking that... Well, because he, he's afraid that she'll act out more if they go after her. And, and he's not wrong. He has no intention of telling the council because he's not fucking stupid. He knows right. it's not going to it's not going to make anything good happen. But it, as a comfort to Buffy, he does make it a point to say that this sort of thing has happened before. Yeah, there should definitely be backup plans in place because, you know, she's like a super secret spy with a fucking license to kill here. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense that this sort of thing has happened before. As Giles points out, they're on the front lines of a war. And shit fucking happens. Yeah. Sometimes the wrong person's in the wrong fucking place. There are always casualties of war. Absolutely. And that's exactly what this is. As he poignantly pointed out, as Quentin was saying, we're fighting a war here. 
He was like, no, you're waging a war. She's fighting it. Yeah. But he also points out here, more importantly, that Faith is not stable. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says she's unstable, Buffy. I mean, she's utterly unable to accept responsibility, which I just want to point out is one of uh, the biggie signs of narcissism. Inability to accept responsibility. Yeah. She has acknowledged that she has done something bad and wrong. But she obviously does not feel like she did something bad or wrong. This is a bigger deal than most people ever have to deal with. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure that this really, that the whole narcissism thing really holds up in this particular scenario. But it's definitely not healthy the way she's handling it regardless. Yep, but... Wesley's eavesdropping on the fucking conversation. Yeah, slow pan away to outside of the office. Wesley's just standing there in the middle of the fucking right? library. He's not even like trying to hide from view. Yeah. But he listens in and then he goes and skedaddles the fuck off to go tattle to the Watcher's Council. And of all things, he hears Giles swearing Buffy to secrecy. With So he's extra pissed because... He's already made it perfectly clear that everything's to go through me now, see? I'm the watcher here. Pip pip cheerio. Yep. <laughs> so he immediately calls it in to Quentin, and the code word is monkey. Yeah. I mean, he can't be bothered to spell it past M-O-N-K. That's the E-Y is too much. Too much. Way too much. He's like, just put him on the phone already. Very impatient. Yeah. You're very impatient, Wesley. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwarts and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. Anyway, cut to the cafeteria. Where the Scoobies, minus Oz. Yeah, where the fuck's Oz? Budget. <laughs> well, and uh, another where the fuck's Oz in just a moment. So, this scene can be summed up pretty quickly. Yeah. So, the main head Scoobies are all in on it now. Yeah. Willow and Xander know that Faith murdered Alan, not in cold blood, it was an accident. And Xander offers to go talk to Faith because he feels that he might be able to get through to her. He feels they have a connection because they had sex. And, goddammit, the acting and the cinematography and the directing and just everything about this scene. I love how they can do these nonverbal scenes. Yeah. He's trying to explain that he has a connection to Faith. He doesn't quite spell it out, but he spells it out just far enough where you just see the look on Willow's face because she gets it well before everyone else. Giles is like, you two have barely spent any time together. Well, we kind of <laughs> hung out. And Buffy goes, oh. Giles goes, Oh, oh my. <laughs> Willow says, I don't need to say, oh, I got it before. Because he looks expectantly <laughs> over at Willow, expecting her to be like, oh, oh, I get yeah. it. But no, she knew. Yeah, <laughs> she already got it. Buffy lays it out kind of brutally, but pretty much the only way she could about why Xander, you don't have a connection with Faith. Yeah, you got used as a boy toy. You're one in a long line of one-night stands that that girl has had. Giles brings up that they need to look into the mayor and Mr. Trick. The plan is for someone else to talk to Faith, not Xander. Giles just completely wafts over 
the faith issue at this point and concentrates on researching the mayor. Which I think is honestly kind of smart. Yeah. Because... Considering that this has really gotten them nowhere, and it's really just... It's hurt Willow's feelings, it's hurt Xander's feelings, they're back to square one. Yep. Cut to a bathroom somewhere as we find Willow crying. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, And then from there, we cut to Xander sitting alone in the library, kind of staring into the middle distance. Yep. And then cut to Faith's house. And Faith is watching TV, and there's a knock on the door. Mm -hmm. And who should it be? But it's Xander. It it was Xander. Yeah. Don't you remember, Rex? It was Xander. I'm aware. Oh, you said who should it be? I was being dramatic. Oh, I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Anyway, that was some good dramaticism. Fuck you. You're good at this. Um, fuck you. <laughs> Xander Nicholas Brendan does a great job of portraying Xander in this this scene as being outrageously unclued in to how much he does not matter to Faith. I mean, kudos that he keeps trying and he Oh, yeah. Masterfully dodges her insults. I'm like, man, uh, it would have been really easy to get super butthurt. Man, left and right, using sex and insults to deflect every attempt he was making at being a good friend and, you know, trying to help her out of this sticky situation. But the problem is, she is not in a position where he can help, period. No, he's really not. He's only putting himself in danger. Yeah. You know, which might have something to do with why she pretty much attempts to murder him only moments later. Yeah. Yeah, he dodges the fucking insults there and just kind of takes it. Manages to actually fucking get into the room. He's always been good at rolling with the punches. Yeah. Like, even in his worst nice guy Xander days, he was still kind of clever. And this is when all of that really is paying off, I think. Faith is a kind of acidic wit that is hard to match. But she keeps grabbing him and she's pretty much just trying to shut him up by making out with him and grinding into him. And you can tell shit's escalating when she slams him down onto the bed. Full out sexual fucking assault. Yep. You know. And into physical fucking assault. Because there's no fucking way any normal person can withstand the strength of the fucking Slayer. And she's not, like, just trying to make him black out or anything like that. She's about to fucking murder this boy. Yeah, and I I think it was a very spur-of-the-moment impulse that she was having. Yeah. But she decided. You could see the look in her eye. When she started choking him, she was like, nah, fuck it, I'm gonna go through with this. Yeah. It was a scary fucking moment like i know xander lives but i was seriously like how the fuck what happens what could possibly fucking happen to fix this situation yeah xander's about to die i don't get scared in those moments anymore because i know something's gonna happen but luckily it's a good fucking thing that mr lurky broody boy is everywhere all the time and now he's lurky broody boy with a baseball bat flapo bam (laughs) kapowazooey biff yeah. Whizzle. <laughs> Whizzle. Whizzle. Really? Yeah. Whizzle's more of a sound of a miss. He didn't miss. <laughs> Fucking take it up with my lawyers. You have lawyers? Plural? You didn't know that? No. I thought you would have learned that from the divorce. 
We were never married. We couldn't be divorced. That's a weird thing to say to your ex-husband, Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that? Fucking I don't even know. understand right now. Anyway, moving on to Angel's house, where Angel has Faith chained up in a not kinky way. Yeah, not kinky at all. Not kinky enough for Faith, at least. <laughs> Definitely not. She keeps trying to make it kinky, though. <laughs> But she says, oh, the thing with Xander, I know what it looks like, but we were just playing. And Angel says, and he forgot the safe word. Is that it? Safe words are for wussies. Well, the line that I got here that I cared about anyway was Angel says, I'm sorry about the chains. It's not that I don't trust you. Well, actually, it is that I don't trust you. I mean, I wasn't terribly impressed by this scene for the most part. To me, it just brings up a good point, though, because Faith does say safety words are for wusses. That is not true. That is not true. Safe words are important if you want to get into kinky shit. Approximately as important as consent. Yes. Just throwing that out there. So Angel's trying to just talk to Faith, and he's trying to be like, hey, the dark side is bad, okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So he says... You want to go the long way? Hey, I can do that. I'm not getting any older. I really liked that I line. I liked that line a lot. I wrote down that line um, as well. That is a mega candidate for my quote of the day. Yeah. And so he walks around the corner where Buffy is waiting. Not far enough. And they're not talking quiet enough that Faith doesn't fucking hear every word they're saying. Right? <laughs> but, you know. He just Movie magic. He describes it as... It's like talking to a wall, only you get more from the wall. (laughs) Yeah. And Buffy's still almost to the point of being completely naive level of optimism that they can get through to Faith. Yeah. If if they just earn her trust, like go back and bring her some of her stuff and whatever. And Angel's like, "Uh, nah, fuck that. She's killed and she'll (laughs) kill again. I should know. She's got a thirst for it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, for fuck's sake, she nearly killed Xander, and she seemed perfectly okay with that outcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's definitely going down a hairy, dark, gravelly, crumbly, stinky, tasty, slightly. Um, <laughs> tasty, slightly. <laughs> give, me, give me some more adjectives here. I don't know what you're fucking talking about. I'm confused. I, I've lost track a long time ago, like... Should we just move on now? Probably. They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? (laughs) To the mayor's office! (laughs) Yeah, so... Where um, the mayor and Mr. Trick are watching some security footage. Yeah. I am really pleased, though, that they did this security footage properly. There are so many times in TV shows and shit where they show security footage and the security footage is like from the fucking film camera. Oh, yeah, it's obviously just the scene <laughs> yeah. that they already cut together. And I'm like, no, that's... And they just made it black and white. Yeah. I've been a security guard way too long to fall for that shit. And anytime a TV show does that, it just makes me fucking scream. Yeah, it's like, wait, so your security cameras literally have teams of people behind them walking around pointing them directly in people's faces i mean that sounds like good security to me 
Right. But it's not how it works, Mkoi. I wish I could remember the show. I, there was a show I was watching not that long ago that they showed a bit with security footage. And the fucking camera actually panned. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's bad enough when they have it where it's like obviously not up in a fucking corner of the goddamn room where a security camera would be. Right. But no, it fucking panned. But all that aside, they actually did it right. So kudos to Buffy the Vampire Slayer and crew. So now the mayor and Mr. Trick know that Buffy and Faith know that the mayor and Mr. Trick know the shit's going down. (laughs) So I know that you know that you know that I know that. Exactly. I'm not going to finish that sentence. That's a good call. However, if you would like to look up the reference... (laughs) find eddie murphy doing stand-up in the 80s yeah and it's very dirty you know it's dirty if we don't want to mention it on our show yeah we're just gonna (laughs) let that one go (laughs) but the mayor (laughs) the mayor wants mr trick to do something about the slayers (laughs) yeah He doesn't think that the cops are going to be able to pull it off because they don't have enough evidence. So Mr. Trick needs to come up with something clever. Yeah, the mayor's not much of an idea, man. He really isn't. He definitely hires other people for that. Which, you know, that's fair. Outsourcing. That's important. A good management team needs to understand that they don't have all the answers. Yeah, delegation. And so cut back to Angel's... As Angel tries to get through to Faith again. May I say, Angel is really rocking that fucking trench coat. Right? That is a good fucking trench coat. The look he has in this episode is the look that really, truly is solidified for the character for his show. Yeah, definitely. Because this is that's the, pretty much the entire fucking outfit he wears through most of Angel. Well, even at, at one point in Angel, I can't wait until we get there. I just remember this one line. Somebody says, do you see how clothes hang off of him? And I mean, they're not wrong. No. Like, he's a very pretty man. He is. Yes. Very comfortable in my sexuality. I'm not not ashamed. Not ashamed at all. I'm not saying I'd hit that, but I wouldn't kick him out of bed. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I would, I would be terrified if Angel was in my bed. I'm sorry, David Boreanaz, what are you doing in my bed? <laughs> I gave you the sleeper sofa. <laughs> You're just warmer, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, come here. <laughs> That's pretty much how that conversation would go. Anyway, he's trying to get through to Faith. Faith is getting angry at him, but there's a moment where he seems like he's actually making a fucking dent. Was there? Yeah. Do tell. It's brief as fuck because as as soon as it's there is when the fucking watchers break in, beat Angel to the fucking ground, tie him up in a goddamn net and take Faith. One of my favorite uh, back and forths here between Angel and Faith was... All right, so Angel says... Faith, you have a choice. You've tasted something few ever do. I mean, to kill without remorse is to feel like a god. Faith says, Right now, all I feel is a cramp in my wrists. Now let me go. <laughs> Angel replies, But you're not a god. You're n- 
You're not much more than a child. Going down this path will ruin you. You can't imagine the price for true evil. Faith geniusly responds, Yeah? Well, I hope evil takes MasterCard. Man, it was a hell of a time getting there, but that's a good fucking punchline. It is. (laughs) Anyway, and then... Wesley and yeah. his cronies bust down the door. I love the look on Faith's face, though, when Wesley unlocks her fucking manacles and then handcuffs her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the only reason he was able to do that without getting punched in the face is just pure element of surprise. Yeah. She was like, hey, my watcher that I, you know, you're a little turd, but at least you're bailing me out. She was getting some satisfaction watching them beat the fucking piss out of Angel. Yeah, I thought they got the drop on Angel a little too easily as well. They really did. He's a fucking vampire. He'd have heard them fucking coming. Well, he's not just a vampire. He's Angel. Like, he's a skilled fighter, even in the form of having his soul. Oh, yeah. He can still fucking take care of himself. I found it really hard to believe... That they could just barrel through the fucking wall like the goddamn Kool-Aid man again. Right? Fuck, I'm so ahead of my time. Worship <laughs> me, please. We worship Keanu. Oh, um, Keanu Speedrex. Reeves be with you. Whoa. Whoa. Now send all of your worship <laughs> to me at 269-743-0783. Thank you very much. Um, and may the grace of Keanu be upon you. Anyway. (laughs) Cut to the Sunnydale streets as a van is driving along. Not where it's supposed to be. Not down by a river. What the fuck is up with everything going on in the world? How the hell is Faith gonna have time to think about spending her life in a van down by the river if that van is not down by the river feeding her government cheese yeah what the fuck she busts out of this way too fucking easy these watchers had no fucking reason whatsoever to think they could have fucking held a slayer wes has zero skills we know this and this is just some rando crony that he came up with. Like, he didn't fly somebody over from England. He had to come up with whoever he could find on short notice. I suppose I so. mean, maybe they had people standing by, whatever, blah. I mean, we know that uh, Quentin is might still be stateside. Right. He might not be. He might be stationed in the U.S. But all of this makes me really fucking question the Watchers. As, as an organization, because they picked Wesley. <laughs> right. Did they not, like, test him or interview him or, I don't know, maybe spend five fucking goddamn minutes in the same fucking room with I him? I feel like the Watchers don't take this very seriously at all. Right? It's like Wesley drew the short straw and that's <laughs> how he got this job. Then how the fuck did Giles get into the mix? He's too competent for the Watchers. He really is. I wanted to bring up the question, how didn't Faith get away from them before they put her in the fucking van? Right. That sounds like... Like she couldn't have fought them with handcuffs on. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Now they're just fucking sitting there all impotently. Wesley's all like, now see here, Faith. There's, (laughs) There's no use fighting. You can't run forever. You see how British we are? We can push papers at you all day and night if we have to. Mostly the day. 
You know, we we may be damned British, but we still need our rest, you see. But we can still push papers to you all day, I swear. There's no use. You can't get away. Oh, you've punched me in the face and she got away. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm liking this new trend of you just making shit up for these characters. <laughs> At least for Wesley. Right? Okay. Definitely works. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, He's so, that's so fucking incompetent. That's pretty much how that scene went down. Dating. I am having serious dating with a werewolf, and I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. Quick cut to Angel's, where Buffy finds Angel trapped in the net. She gets him out. Then cut to the library immediately thereafter, where he tells the Scoobies that Wesley took Faith. He does, in fact. Buffy is talking about how they're going to save Faith from the Watchers, just as Wesley shows up and is like, Hey, Faith punched me in the face. She got away. (laughs) I'm a sniveling, whining bastard. (laughs) Now say hello, everyone. (laughs) You see this mark on my face? This is where I let Faith punch me in the face. (laughs) <laughs> because it was my plan to let her get away you see and now you can all go clean up my mess buffy takes the lead here which i love how wesley doesn't even fucking make an attempt at taking over but it buffy- just comes so naturally to her at this oh, point it, yeah exactly buffy takes the lead decides that they're gonna split up she's gonna check the docks Willow and Xander are going to check their normal haunts. She sends Giles to Faith's motel. Angel says he's going to go check the airport. And I suspected, very correctly, as Buffy was telling everybody to go away and check all these places, I was like, we're not going to see any scenes at any of these places except the docks. I have this strange feeling. She did mention that early in the episode, but that strange feeling I had may have just been memory. Right. (laughs) That weird thing called you've seen it before, asshole. My favorite part of this whole fucking scene, though, is Wesley's like, uh, what about me? What can I do to help? First off, A, he is asking Buffy for orders. Two episodes in a row now, he's tried to take control and gotten knocked flat on his ass. And at this point, I think is the first fucking moment where he thinks maybe, just maybe, I'm out of my fucking league here. Yeah. Well, he's definitely coming around to that again. But Buffy's line to him is fantastic. It is. She says, still got your ticket back to the mother country? (laughs) Wait, Russia? That's the motherland, the mother country. Oh, that's the motherland. But, I mean, the mother country is your homeland. Of of the United States is Britisha. No, I mean, the the mother country is... Not necessarily only talking about Russia. I mean, it's your homeland. Yeah. No, I get that. But cut to the docks, where, of course, Buffy runs into Faith. Or rather, Faith leaps out and is like, man, you just won't give up. And I'm like, Jesus, Faith, you could have just stayed hidden. Yeah. And and you could have just gotten away. And they just fucking continue the same goddamn argument they've had the entire fucking episode. Yeah, Faith is all just like, the dark side is way better, and you like it, and you want to be evil just like me, and stop trying to make me just like you, Miss Goody Two-Shoes, and meh. And purposely pushes Buffy's buttons so that Buffy lashes out and smacks her. Yeah, extra super shitty on Faith's part, again. 
But as proving that Buffy is still the better person, she's trying not to fight Faith, notices that a crate is falling down on Faith, and pushes Faith out of the way, saving Faith and being trapped under a crate herself. Well, and I don't even necessarily think that that means, or that it's because Buffy's the better person, because Faith immediately runs to Buffy's aid as she gets injured in her place as well. I think this is just a massive fight and there's just a lot of raw emotions and hormones flying high here. Not, I'm not saying hormones to mean like sexual tension, but you're technically insane until you're 25 because your brain is still developing. Yeah. And there's, this is just a really massive growing pain and they're not getting along because shit's going the fuck down. Real shit that neither of them know how to cope with. Yeah. And they still fucking... They are best buds. As much as Faith wants to make fun of that because she wants to force her feelings all down and repress and them. And she's just uncomfortable with the idea of being close to fucking anybody. She really is. That's a thing that hurt people do. That damaged people do. Yeah. That is a thing that it's all, all coping mechanism. Absolutely. Defense mechanism. Yeah, that's the word. That to that's well, the word. Both. Both of those things. Anyway, vampires attack. Mr. Trick uh, joins into the fucking fray this time. I think it's a good sign that the mayor is a scary motherfucker. Mr. Trick has stated that he doesn't like to get into the fight himself, but he's in the fight himself this time. And that tells me that the mayor scares the bejesus out of him. Because he needs to get some fucking results. Yeah. Faith is fighting pretty fucking well. Well, she fucks up three of the four vamps because uh, there's four and the fourth yeah. one is Mr. Trick. And he's fucking around with uh, half unconscious Buffy. Just in time to try and get into the fray. But Mr. Trick attacks her. Yeah. And Mr. Trick just whoops her fucking ass. Is it his tie that he wraps around her no, neck? No, it's a cargo strap. Oh, okay. Wraps a cargo strap around her neck. And he's just dragging her around and he's about to bite down on her. There's this moment where you see Faith's face and she looks over to Buffy and Mr. Trick and... It gives this moment where you think maybe Faith might just run. That she might be about to have a spike moment? Yeah. But she doesn't. <laughs> she fucking saves or Buffy. maybe it was a Mr. Trick moment where he was like, oh no, we better do something or they're going to hurt the master. This Because that's like the first time we meet Mr. Right. Trick. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, meh, and runs off. But so Mr. Trick's line is, I hear once you've tasted a slayer, you never want to go back. And we hear that quintessential, that telltale, quick, yep. the, the, we know that was a stake driving into his back, even though we did not see Faith do it. And we get our wrap-up <laughs> line on Mr. Trick. Oh, no. No, this is no good at all. <laughs> and Mr. Trick dusts. Yeah! And Josh cries a little bit because now I don't have any more good excuses to use that fucking transition music. Right? Because I fucking love that music. Thank you, Ben. Damn it. We can still use the whole rest of the season. I'm still though. fucking it's, gonna. We still have a lot of episodes Don't left. get Who me wrong. Cares? But no, I was surprised. I didn't think he died this fucking early in the season. I didn't think so either, but I think 
my subconscious right. memory took over as he was fucking with Buffy. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. No, don't let this be where he dies. Oh, this is where he dies. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, yep. fuck. I liked Mr. Trick. But from there, we cut to the library where Buffy tells Giles that Faith saved her and that she basically let Faith go. And Giles' response is, well, she opted to come back to town with you. That bodes well. Uh, she still has a lot to face before she can put this behind her. And Buffy says, I'm not going to give up on her. Cut to the mayor's office. Where Faith shows up to the mayor's office. She's looking for a jorb. Looking for a jorb. <laughs> Goddamn. And the mayor's hiring. Yeah. He's got two fucking openings. Oh, Deputy yeah. Because Alan and Trick are dead yeah. now. Goddamn. He's got no help. <laughs> How is he going to ascend to godhood without any help? Liquor, Rex. Liquor. Also Faith. Gerarg. Ger fucking arg. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Competition is a beautiful thing. Ooh, What's your quote of the day, Rex? Oh, God. This is not a very quotable episode. Yeah, no, I've had better. It's a heavy-ass episode, it mind you. Yeah, yeah, a few moments, sure. I'm going to go with the last thing that Buffy says to Wesley, which is the equivalent of, get the fuck out of my fucking country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still got your ticket back to the mother country? Yeah. Get the fuck out, Wesley. That was a Piss burner. Piss off. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> and when you get there, fuck off again. And keep fucking off. And when you get back... Fuck off some more. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. There's my quote of the day. What's your quote of the day? All right. My quote of the day, Rex, is going to have to go to Angel. You want to go the long way? Hey, I can do that. I'm not getting any older. That was my runner up, too. There it is. Yeah. It's <laughs> such a good fucking line. Yeah. I love it when there's a play on a on a common line like that. <laughs> yeah, because normally I'm not getting any younger. But yeah. hey but he's not getting any older because, you know, he's immortal. So did you like this episode? Yeah. I liked... A bit. I liked the... From the climax on. The build-up on this episode, I thought was fucking droning. It was slow. And it paid off well. But I think I just got so fucking tired of Faith saying, Being bad is good. We're the Slayers. We're hot shit. I yeah no and, I completely agree and then it turned into Angel arguing that with Faith and yeah even a brief moment of Angel arguing that with Buffy and also there haven't been very many mayor centric episodes and I thought the mayor was at his most boring this episode yes very much so we did not really get any quintessential mayor at, except for maybe the that sunshine and roses right. to me. The shredder scene was the the closest we got to the good mayor shit. It was, but the rest of it, he was he was down and out, and I yeah. felt like that was just out of character for him to get so crestfallen over something that really didn't seem like he would have normally gotten so bent out of shape about. 
I enjoyed the results of the episode, not necessarily the meat of the episode. This was an episode that had to fucking happen for the story. It had to happen for Faith's character. It had to happen for the main arc of the season. But it felt so fucking slow. I I didn't really feel that way. I felt felt like we had some good heartfelt moments. It like it was a very dramatic episode. Yeah, it wasn't very quotable. It wasn't very witty. And we didn't have any Oz and we didn't get nearly enough Cordelia. But it was a productive episode and there was some good drama. Like there was a little bit of Buffy and Willow. Honestly, I thought that was a very heartfelt scene and Sarah Michelle oh, yeah. Geller can fucking cry her eyeballs out no very convincingly completely agree i overall i enjoyed the episode yeah i can't entirely explain it but i liked it so mostly positive from you and majority positive from me yeah positive enough so as always follow us on twitter like us on Facebook, review us on iTunes. We still have a t-shirt contest going. And let me tell you, we only have a few entries into that t-shirt contest. So right now you enter, your chances are good. This is going through to August. Full details on our Patreon at patreon.com slash beer with Buffy. As always, go there if you wish to support us financially. We could really use the money. Our beer gets expensive. Uh-oh. Exactly. I know, right? You can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. Ha, I read the number for once. Good job. (laughs) As always, thank you, Ben and Reggie, for our transition and opening and closing music. We've even talked about it more this episode than usual. Neat. Fred, we apologize We'll get to your messages next episode. I make absolutely no apologies at all to you, Fred. (laughs) Just stop messaging me about it. (laughs) This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. So make the bad horse gleeful or he'll make you his mare. Instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> you have a sacred birthright. You were chosen to destroy vampires, not to, to wave pom-poms at people. done why are we watching this